Test, 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 test. Everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This week it is episode 15. I think I already have the name for this podcast and it's going to simply just be Murphy's Law. Because anything that could go wrong this week with this podcast has absolutely gone wrong this week with this podcast. If you saw it on my Instagram last week, or yesterday, sorry, I recorded this podcast two separate times or attempted to. The first one, I made it a whopping 27 minutes and realized I never hit record on the video. Can't have that. What am I going to do? Just start in the middle? So, like a man, I tried to gather myself, try to harness my chi, and thought, okay, we'll do this once more. The second time, made it 48 minutes through. I was in the flow state. Things were humming. I still had like another 20 or 30 minutes to go. Everything was peachy. Except I started running out of disk space on my computer. Apparently when I was recording the video, I was rewarding or I was trying to record it in like a higher resolution than I usually do. So it just sucked up all of the disk space in my computer. So you say, Grayson, why didn't you just save it to an external hard drive and start again? Because then you get out of the flow of things. Sure, that would have been the easy way to do it. And now that this is the third time doing it, I almost wish I would have just done it and finished it up. But in in the interest of continuity i decided it i decided it i decided just to do it one more time so if this doesn't work this time there's going to be a lost episode we're never going to discuss it i'm just going to record another one next week and we'll just move on to episode 16 of the podcast and there won't be any episode 15 because i'd said two weeks ago that this was going to start coming out every single monday it was supposed to come out yesterday. It's no bullshit. It was supposed to come out yesterday. But because of what I just mentioned, it's um coming out here today on a Tuesday. Um, unless something goes awry, and then there will be no episode 15 ever. You say, but Grayson, if the video doesn't work, why does it matter? You don't really post that much video anyways. Well, I have not up until this point. I've always just used it as a tool to kind of promote the podcast or like give you little tidbits of what's happening on Instagram. But I bought myself these new badass softbox lights because all I'd been doing in the studio or studio, it's it's a spare bedroom, but the studio is I had these regular floor lamps and it just taken off the tops of them. And I was using that light to light up the podcast studio and it didn't work at all. It looked like shit. So I went on Amazon, I invested, they weren't that much money, but they're pretty legit. It's like the lights you see, remember like when you go get your school picture taken and they, sorry, and they flash, it's like those, but it's just a constant light. So hopefully this will all come out much better than it has before. The goal is to finally start getting these all up on YouTube as well. And I'm gonna start cutting out segments and putting them on Facebook and running some ads for them. And I attempted to do it even last week, but oh my God, it takes so long to upload a video to YouTube. I mean, cause we're not talking, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, gigs of video on here, you know, maybe I should some compress it first before I post it up there. I'm kind of thinking out loud right now, or if anybody has any suggestions, let me know. But I would like, I would start uploading it and be like, all right, I'm gonna grab lunch now and maybe it'll be done when I get back. But it'd be like two, three hours later and it was still just at 40%. And then I would set it, I'd kind of do like the set it and forget it or I'd set it and then go take off and go to the gym. Be like, all right, three hours later, it'll finally be done. I kept checking YouTube to see if it uploaded and it never uploaded and just found out it timed out and that was that. So I attempted to put this all up last week, but this week it'll officially be done. The videos are gonna take 
I don't know. I got to find a way to do it. Maybe I'll just fiver it out, but it's going to take probably another day or two after the podcast post to the actual app to get it up. Cause I think that I should produce the videos kind of like I do with the promo stuff where I'll do like the picture in picture stuff. I'm thinking about that will be like the actual video. So it's like an actually produced video and it's not just a stagnant video of just me sitting here talking because that's, you can just listen to that. But if I can throw up some of the examples or some of the pictures I'm talking about, I, I believe that would be a little bit more engaging. So I'm going to mess around with it. Um, I'm really, really bad with all the video editing software. I mean, right now I'm just using iMovie because it's like the most dumbed down version of video software you could use. There's another thing called Final Cut that I believe my buddy Zane uses. And I mean, you can you can make a movie on Final Cut, like a real movie. I think that's what they do use now. Or there's even this thing that Adobe makes called After Effects. And it's like, it's similar to uh, Photoshop for video. And I was messing around with it this weekend and I just thought, this is dumb. This is dumb. To have to learn a whole new program again. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. I'll do it if I have to. But I was trying to make these, I don't know what they call it in video. I mean, I guess in radio they called it um, like stings, like the little logo stings in the beginning. Like if it was radio, when it comes on, it's like 810 CBS Sports Radio Orlando. So I was creating like these prove me wrong stings or trying to. And I thought, well, this is dumb. Or intros, how about that? So there's this little website called Fiverr. I've used them before. Why don't I just use them again? It was literally how I got the logo made for this. It was the same thing. I was trying to come up with stuff. I'm like, you're never going to be able to remove yourself far away enough from creating this logo that it's never going to be up to your liking. So why don't you just go on Fiverr, find someone that can create something similar, or has like a similar style and just pay them to do it. It'll be done in a day or two and then you'll be all set. For those of you that have never used Fiverr, it's an awesome website slash app. It was intended to just, I think you could go on there and just buy services for simply five bucks, hence why they call it Fiverr. Now, obviously, it's a little bit more expensive um, for some higher end things, but I, I believe for this logo, I paid $15 and I got the JPEG of it, PNG of it. I got the PSD file of it. So you're able to like move things around and you can even make a couple changes to it in the beginning too when you first pay for it. So I was messing around with After Effects, trying to figure out the logo intro thing. And I thought, no, there's going to be a better way. Work smarter, not harder. So I went on Fiverr, found a guy that had um, some pretty cool graphic effects shit, paid a whopping $5, sent him my logo. Oh, I take that back. I paid $11 because it was $5 for um, to get it created. And then there's a dollar service fee, a dollar service fee. That's it. And then I paid an additional five bucks to get it um, within 24 hours instead of 48 hours because I wanted to be able to get the podcast out on Monday. But now seeing how it's Tuesday and the podcast isn't out, I guess I didn't have to pay that additional five bucks and I would have been just fine. But it's, it's five dollars. Not a big deal. Right. And I thought they came out good. I got like four variations of it all made and it kind of just puts a nice bow on it. It looks fucking rad. And of course, there's like a little EDM feel to it now. So it's fitting into what I'm becoming at my old age. So I'm hoping to get these all up on YouTube. But like I said, it's going to take another day or two to get those up just because I'm going to be editing them. And today I'm we're leaving for Texas in the morning. So I'm going to be on the road tonight heading down to San Diego. So maybe I'll have some time to be able to get it up or I'll just do it while I'm on the airplane tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. I, got, I have a YouTube channel already. Um, it's where I posted a bunch of like the Blake Griffin videos and there's some Dwight Howard videos. It's got, I don't know, like 50,000 or 60,000 views on there. Not, not many subscribers and subscribers is what you're looking on for YouTube. So I'm hoping I can just convert that into the prove me wrong channel because um, I'll have to see what's up with the URL because the URL right now, I believe is just youtube.com backslash Grace and Gregory, which is fine, but it'd be nice to have a little bit of continuity where it's not facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod then YouTube's Grace and Gregory and then Instagram's Grace and Gregory. If I could just get everything together, that would be nice. So there'll be further information on that. Hopefully I'll figure it out before I do the intro to the show and get it posted later so I can send everybody to one place to be able to go check it out. So the podcast wasn't out this Monday. I also get back from Texas next Monday. So there's not gonna be a podcast out that day either. So I'm just getting off to a really good start here. You know, I'm setting these goals and I'm just getting them done. It, it's working out so well. It was like last week when I was telling you guys that I create these bucket lists uh, for end of year or, or the beginning of the year. And one of the things was having a 5K on there. And the other week goal I had last week was that I wanted to do a yoga class. I'm here to confidently tell you 
Neither of those things happened. Nope, still on my whiteboard. Did I start training for that 5K yet? Absolutely not. Does it look like it's going to get done by the end of the year? No, it doesn't. Looks like I'm going to just roll that over to next year. None of it got done. I had a birthday last week. We'll get into that in a little bit. So that took up a few days of days that I was wishfully thinking that I would get some of this shit done, but it didn't happen. So without having the 5K now, I got a little phone call the other morning. I'm going to go ahead and say I was still inebriated from the night before, just in case I have to take this to a court of law. I can just say that I was blackout drunk and don't remember any of this, although it was 7.30 in the morning. But I got a phone call from Buddy Brian. Brian's who I was in New York with. You heard him on this podcast a few episodes back. And he was doing typical Brian things. You know, he was asking, hey, Grayson, um, I haven't seen you at yoga. You go to yoga? No, Brian, I have not. Oh, I, I heard about the 5K. Did you start training for that 5K? No, Brian, I have not. Where are you going with this? Well, it was last year. Brian, I believe, signed up and ran in one or two half marathons or full marathons, in which both of them, I think his mom ran in them, and in both of them, he got his ass kicked by his mother. Way to go, B. I, and it, it's, it's okay because I think she runs eight miles a day and Leslie would kick my ass right now too. But Brian started running his mouth and he was saying, hey, there's this uh, half marathon um, coming to Pittsburgh. Why don't you run it? It's a beautiful venue. You run across the bridge. Brian's very much about the pageantry of these things. So he's trying to sell me on how nice the area is and everything. Like, look, bitch, I'm running 13 miles. I don't care what's around me. I mean, I guess I wouldn't want to be running through the hood, but at 13, if I'm having to run 13 miles, I'm going to die. But he, he, he sold me on this, and it's not until May, so we're going to have some time to train for this. But if any of you are procrastinators like me, you're going to understand this example. Because remember the first day of a new class when you get the syllabus from that class, and in the syllabus it gives you all the list of assignments. And then as you're reading those on the first day, you're optimistic you're becoming that person, new year, new me. This year, I'm going to get these papers done on time and ahead of schedule. But do you? Nope. Do you wait until the night before when that paper's due again um, and then start trying to complete it? Yep. Do you start studying weeks in advance, making flashcards like you intended? Nope. Or at least I didn't, but I'm every day or every semester, that first uh, the, at the beginning of that semester, I was confident in my ability that I was going to change. I was going to be the change I wanted to see in that course. Never came to fruition. And that's what scares me about knowing that this half marathon is in May. I have all the time in the world to start training. Hell, I could just run a lap a day and each day just increase it by like another quarter of a lap. And in the next, by, by the time May comes around, I'll be all set to go. Is that going to happen? Not likely. But in my mind right now, I feel like this is the first day of that semester. I feel like maybe I will start training. I got some new headphones recently. I'm into this fucking upbeat EDM music now. You know, maybe that'll help with me running. Maybe I'll have to buy some new clothes. Maybe that'll get me motivated. But the one thing that does motivate me in knowing that we're going to have, that I'll be in this half marathon, is that I'm racing against Brian. There can be 20,000 people out there. Don't get it twisted. This race is only between me and B-Dub. And he's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to lose. Brian, if you're listening to this, like I know you are. Sorry, everybody. Just hold on. This is Grace and Brian time real quick. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm already in better shape. I'm already further down the road. All I have to do is start getting a little bit of jogging going. You're in deep shit. You're in deep water over here. I hope you go buy some new running shoes, and I hope you're able to keep up with me. Because if I beat you, and by a significant amount of time, that next week, that next month after that, is going to be miserable for you. There will be social media shaming. There will be mocking. Hell, I'll start FaceTiming you just to talk shit. If you allow me to beat you when you've already done this before. And not even that. I can't remember the date now, but it's either the next week or two weeks after Coachella. 
Yes, I've already planned going to Coachella for next year. They have these payment plans that you have to sign up for in the beginning um, or like in June. And we all have one payment left, which will end December 2nd. And then we'll have our tickets to Coachella for 2018. I'm a basic bitch. I'm planning ahead. And this marathon is just a week or two weeks after Coachella, which there ain't going to be much running there. There's going to be some sweating. There's going to be some dancing. There's going to be some burrito eating. There's going to be some beer drinking done. There's going to be smoking of the weed done, that's for sure. But there's not going to be any other running. I'm not going to be taking yoga classes out. They're not going to be doing stretches, getting ready to do this half marathon. So just know, Brian, when I do inevitably beat you, it's going to be after I've partied my ass off for four days in Coachella. Just let that sink in. We'll have to figure out something. I'm going to like live stream it for you guys, but I mean, it'll just be me running as you'll see Brian trying to catch up just from behind because I'm going to be putting him in the dust. But right before this podcast, I had gone to uh, Starbucks, my favorite little coffee joint. And if you're a Starbucks goer tour like I am and you don't use mobile ordering, you're fucking up. The mobile order app is the best app ever. I don't have many like corporate chains on like apps on my phone. I mean, I guess Facebook and Instagram are corporate chains, huh? but you know what I mean. It's not like I have the TGI Fridays app, but the Starbucks app, it's awesome. I get in my car. There's a Starbucks like two or three miles down from my house. Pick what I want. I walk in, get said food and coffee and I leave. What do I get? I get the sous vide or sous vide. I think it's sous vide, right? The bacon gouda little egg bites, delicious. Seven grams of carbs in there, not too bad for you. And I get myself either a grande, sorry, I'm getting indigestion from the coffee, or a venti black cold brew. No sugar, no cream, no bullshit. I'm in my 30s. I drink my coffee like a man. I drink Jameson on the rocks and I drink black coffee. That's the shit I do like. But I went in there today. And how nice are the employees of Starbucks, like always? I mean, have you ever had like a bad, like you ever had a Starbucks employee with an attitude ever? They're the nicest people in the world. It's not like working at McDonald's. You see somebody working at Starbucks and you th- you're not thinking like, oh, you, you poor thing. I hope you're going to be okay. You think that yeah, they're affluent. Things are going their way. Like if you had a friend tell you, oh, I got a job at Starbucks, but good for you. I hope that works out. But imagine a friend telling you they got a job at McDonald's or Wendy's. you instantly just put them down a rank on 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 uh where they're doing good in life scale right if if it was a scale like a ladder they instantly just fell down a couple notches but you don't feel that way about a starbucks employee about an in and out employee or even if you're talking about like retail stores if like you had a friend tell you that they were going to work at walmart you're going what you started doing xanax what's happened what You can do better than that. But if they tell you they're working at Costco, hey, good for you. That's a good company to work for. There is a hierarchy of fast food restaurants and of retail stores. If if your friend's working at Costco, they're doing okay. If someone's working at Starbucks, you feel like they're doing okay. But say Wendy's or say Walmart, you're going to judge that person differently. But all the employees are always nice at Starbucks. Like you can go to In-N-Out or Starbucks and there's actually like good-looking people working there, people that are in shape working there. You don't get that at a Wendy's or McDonald's. So I say all that to say this, that when I got up there, I opened the door, I realized the power was out. How do you realize the power's out? Well, because there was no lights on inside the Starbucks. And not just that, the entire complex was down. Like afterwards, I walked past a salon and there was women still in there cutting hair, but there was no blow dryers on. The lights are out and they were still just being chatty Cathy's and doing what women do inside of a salon. They were enjoying it. So it's not even like this was just a Starbucks problem. It was this entire shopping center's problem. And there's this late and I'd ordered the egg bites and obviously those didn't get made because the power's off. So not a big deal. Told them she could refund them. Cool. If not, it's $3 and 50 cents. I'll live I'll be able to move on with my life. Don't stress about it. Your power is out while you have a drive through filled with people and a storefront filled with people. But this goddamn lady at the register next to me, I'm going to call her Brenda because Brenda just sounds like a bitchy soccer mom name. Brenda. 
this lady could not get her head wrapped around why they could not heat up her spinach feta wrap. But I ordered this spinach feta wrap and I expect to get it. Lady, what do you want them to do? The power is out. They're not bare grills. You want them to start a fire to be able to hit to heat up your spinach feta wrap? Like the self-worth you have to be yelling at these nice people of Starbucks because you couldn't get your spinach feta wrap and you can't wrap your head around the fact that the power is out. They're not doing it maliciously to you. It's not a you thing. They're not trying to ruin your day. There's nothing they can do about it because the power is out. So of course, since I'm a psycho and I always have to say something, that's one of those where I was just still talking to the lady that was helping me with my refund and I just kind of said out loud in a voice certainly loud enough for her to hear it. I said, ah, some people are bitches, aren't they? Oh, Brenda did not like that. She looked at me and gave me a very dirty uh, look, you know, like those scowls from soccer moms, you know exactly the look I'm talking about. But hey, if you're going to be a bitch, I'm going to have to say something in public. I didn't say it to her. I could have said a lot worse things, but it's just, hey, some people are bitches, aren't they? Because you shouldn't be able to get away with treating people like shit. I don't care if it's, I mean, what's a low job? I mean, I, I don't care who it is. You should still treat people nicely. I don't think that's... Um, breaking news over here or anything but brenda you bitch starbucks couldn't do anything about it the power was out of the whole complex it's not just about you that woman's definitely divorced right i mean at least a couple times or is on her way to her first one i feel so bad for her husband without even meeting him there's i mean just imagine the brow beating brenda does when poor dave gets home from a hard day's work you know before i get too far into the podcast i have to send out some uh, thank you shout outs real quick. I try to do my best here of saying thank you all the damn time because it always blows me away when people listen to this podcast or post about this podcast. I mean, you, you have your own social media feed and people post nice messages about this podcast. It's so humbling and unbelievable. So I just for the last couple weeks, I just want to make sure I got everybody. Shout out to Nikki, Jessica, Ames, Valentine, Ryan, and Tyler, you guys are the shit. Nikki sent out a really nice message um, on her Instagram page. I won't get into it because it'll just sound like I'm holding my own hand here. But it was just, it was fucking rad. And it kind of took me back that somebody even do that. And I, me and Nikki go way back because we worked at Texas Lills together. Hopefully I'm not putting your shit on blast here, Nikki. Um, but we worked at Texas Lills together back when I was like 15, 16 years old. Like, like those important years and it, if you guys aren't from Temecula there's a place called Texas Lills and there was a place called Lucy's Lucy's was the place where they wore like assless chaps and like a broad like this I don't like bedazzled bra top thing Texas Lills it was just tight jeans and wife beater shirts great place to work best place ever for a 15 year old guy going through puberty to be able to to work. I mean, how much better does it get than fucking just being surrounded by older women all day? I mean, they, at the time, <laughs> how old were they? Probably like 19 or 20, but it felt like they were 30 years old. You just didn't even feel like you were in the same class of person when you're working there. Because when you're younger, I mean, think about the difference of like two to three years. I mean, that just feels like a lifetime. If you're 18, you know, somebody that's 21, they're on a whole nother path in life. I mean, now it's like me knowing someone that's 50, like there's not a lot in common there, you know? You want to talk about a sex education. That was a sex education was Texas Lil's. Not that I was having sex. That certainly wasn't happening. But just hearing the stories of older uh, girls talker, you'd hear, I mean, especially at 15, you never worked in a bar before. And Texas Lil's had a big bar in the back and people would karaoke. So you just, it was kind of like your my first introduction into that drinking 21-year-old world you know i mean at that time i was probably a good christian boy that was still singing worship music at bible study so that was just i mean that was the best job ever and one of the things i learned quickly there too is how many douchebags there are in this world so many inappropriate comments so many times you'd have to try and like bail somebody out and i, I granted my sister was three years older so i was used to being um like when her friends would come over, i mean you're used to hanging out with like older chicks that way 
But I learned early on, like my way to do it is just try to be like protector in chief, you know? If anybody was saying anything to like try and step in or I'd say, hey, if, if that guy's bugging you, let me know. I'll go say something. And 15, I mean, what the hell are you going to do? But you, you, you feel like you're six foot four. I mean, I guess that's being young, dumb and naive. I'll, I'll fuck that dude up if anything happens. But there's so many douchebags out there. I mean, I've tried my best to avoid this conversation altogether. But I just don't think I can hold my tongue anymore. I mean, there was a lot of douchebags and, and that did douchey things at Texas Littles and probably miss, um, what, what's the word? Just didn't treat people well. But compared to what's going on in Hollywood right now, they were Hobby Lobby. I mean, there was like a Christian-owned establishment. Like we were just attending worship music compared to what's going on in Hollywood when I was working at Texas Littles. Every day we're waking up and finding out somebody else pulled their dick out in a meeting. Like, what is going on? Fellas, all you members of Hollywood that I know you're listening to this show right now just looking for my advice. When you go to meet a woman, you take your hand out, you grasp their hand, you shake it, say, nice to meet you, and then you put your hand back. Nowhere in there are you supposed to pull your dick out. Are you supposed to start giving yourself a handshake? You're simply just supposed to take your hand out, shake their hand, and then put your hand back like a normal human being. This is rampant. This is prevalent. Every single day, another person is coming out where or multiple women are coming out saying a certain person had sexually harassed them or sexually assaulted them. And they're all fessing up to it. I mean, a few guys are doubling down saying this doesn't happen, but it's politicians. It's Louis CK. Hell, just in the time from when I attempted to record this podcast yesterday to recording it today. Now, Charlie Rose, famous interviewer and broadcaster. Now he's being accused of it. I don't even read the details of the stories anymore because I can't keep up with all of the the transgressions and louis ck now granted louis ck is not bill cosby i think what louis ck did he was not harvey weinstein it's just a weird fucking thing to do how do you even get to that point where you just start jerking off in front of girls without asking for i mean what what did someone else teach you how to do that did you have like a big brother or a homie like show you the ropes and go, hey, man, I know you've been jerking off alone at home, but have you ever tried jerking off with an audience? That's the way to go. How do you do it the first time? Like, fellas, think about like when you were younger and you're trying to kiss a girl for the first time and how awkward that is. And you're thinking, where do my hands go? What do I say? How do I get into this moment? What is that like as a 30 or 40 year old guy going? I'm going to start jerking off in front of women. What's your first go-to move? Do you let them know you're going to do it? Do you ask for permission? Do you just let it happen? Do you just pull it out? Do you start in the pocket? Remember like that guy that got caught, the security guard at the Charger game a year or two ago that he was just stroking in his pocket on the sidelines? I have so many questions. I'm not saying that I'm looking for the answer to said questions. I'm just curious. How does one go from just having normal interactions with people to then jerking off in front of people. Is it one of those things like once you try it for the first time, it's like Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop? Like you just you just try it once and you're hooked. That's kind of what scares me about if you've ever seen like the cosplay porn or like the cartoon porn. If you start watching it one time and you enjoy it, there's no going back to that. Once you've done that, that's what you're watching. That's the lane you're staying in. It's like when someone goes from snorting Oxycontin or taking Vicodin to then shooting heroin. Once you start shooting heroin, then you're shooting heroin. You're no longer just going back to eating pills. Once you cross a certain a certain threshold in life, that's the lane you're sticking in. So was it? I, I guess I'm scared to try it in public. Not that I would, but I mean, what if it's just so good that Louis maybe he's onto something? But he does it in front of people. If you're a lady family member of mine right now, you might want to earmuffs for what I'm about to say. Let me tell you this much. I've never jerked off in front of someone, let alone an office full of people. If I do it, I'm going to go into my room, turn my lights off, lower 
the uh, brightness on my phone to a minimal level and I'm going to do it in quiet with shame. And I'm going to be so ashamed I even did it. I'm not going to be able to look myself in a mirror for a good 30 to 45 minutes afterwards. Yet these guys are out there just doing it in front of a live studio audience. It's appalling. It's amazing. I just didn't even know that was an option. At this point, I feel like I'm just going to have to move up to L.A. I mean, there's just so many dudes just jerking off in public. And if, for those of you that have been to L.A., you know how many waitresses are... Uh, aspiring actresses or how many waiters or bartenders are aspiring actors I feel like that's the place to go pick up chicks right now like if you if you meet a girl and you take her on a date and like you don't just pull your dick out like you're like a southern gentleman she's gonna call up her friend Tara can you believe it he took me out to dinner and didn't pull his dick out he might be the one these women have got to be suffering from PTSD they've just been filled with just seeing so many dicks. I mean, it's like they have to hire Floyd Mayweather to learn how to start ducking punches because there's just dicks flying at them at all times. It's just, and think of all the stories we haven't heard about this yet. Every day someone's starting, it's starting to get leaked that another person was doing this, but how many guys are just waiting for that other shoe to drop? How many men in Hollywood are just waiting for their name to be pop, to come up next? Because clearly this was happening all the time guys have just got to be terrified right now they're just out there trying to bribe people not to come forward with more information i mean charlie rose who's tomorrow larry king todd brokaw i mean charlie rose you already had bill o'reilly at fox news that oh he didn't sexually harass people but paid a million dollars but oh yeah no sexual harassment here nothing to see here totally believe you there billy they're just all doing it the one person who I think has got to be terrified, terrified, and it's not the person you'd expect. I mentioned the Todd Brokaws of the world. I mentioned Larry King. This guy's kind of in the same, uh, he's a peer of these two people. The one person that has got to be terrified and knows that there's some master, masturbatorial skeletons in his closet, if you will is the OG Bob Barker of Price is Right. Dude had Barker's beauties. He had his own pool of women that was just around him at all times. If they got pregnant, he would kick them off the show. Unless he has the tightest NDAs, meaning the non-disclosure agreement signed with all these women, just one of these days, you're going to see Bob Barker's name come across your Twitter feed or across the bottom ticker on Fox or CNN. He just knows he's biding his time right now until the information comes out about the things he did to some of these women. Maybe it's already out there in the ether and I just haven't seen it. Maybe there was stories from back in the day or maybe some women have sued him already. But this dude, you know Bob Barker has some issues. I mean, uh, Hugh Hefner has to just be like... Whew, I narrowly escaped this. Anything that happens now is just posthumously and there's nothing they can do about it. And I'll tell you this much. If Bob Barker's name does come out, here's what's going to happen next. Barker is going to be dead within eight weeks after the news breaks. Why do I say that? You see these things coming down the pipeline. It happened with Joe Paterno. For those of you that don't know who Joe Paterno is, Joe Paterno was the head coach of a little university called Penn State. Penn State was a storied franchise that's been around for hundreds of years. Hell, Paterno had almost been there a hundred years. Except there was a little problem with Paterno. Paterno's best friend and assistant coach, uh, Jerry Sandusky, ran a little pedophilia ring that ran right through Penn State, touching little boys in the uh, locker room, taking them into the showers, also had his own charity where he helped little boys. Like, hell, might as well just come and grab him myself. And then the news came out. Joe Paterno almost got off. Not like got off, but you know what I mean. He almost got off scots free. And then the news came out that he knew about some of these things, that this had been brought into his attention, that he knew these things were happening and kind of just swept it under the rug. Soon as that happened, Joe Paterno was fired. There was literally a riot because 
Penn State football fan is a fucking idiot and were so upset that they would fire Joe Paterno. They, they were more upset about Joe Paterno being fired than the actual pedophilia that had happened. That's Penn State fan. But he had gotten fired and dude was, I think, had cancer and was dead within two or three months. You saw it with Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's still alive. But as soon as all those rape victims started coming out, boom. Eight weeks later, glaucoma has set in. He can has cataracts on his eyes, can no longer see the light of day. This stuff just sucks the energy out of these people as it fucking should when the light finally hits the cockroaches. So I'm saying now, when it eventually comes out that Bob Barker had acted inappropriately to Barker's beauties, that that dude's just set the timer, set it for eight weeks, and let's see if he's dead inside of there. Maybe Barker was a really nice guy. Maybe he wasn't like all the rest of his peers. But if you start looking at that age group of people, seems like you have some perverts. Maybe I'm wrong. Time will tell. But when you wake up one day and you see Bob Barker's name finally mentioned, know that he'll be six feet under within eight weeks. And it got me thinking about Bob Barker and The Price is Right, too, because how hip-hop like inspired was The Price is Right. I'm aware that show was on much longer before the NWA ever hit the scene, but oh my God, come from like a neutral point of view. Think of it. First off, dude's name was Bob Barker, is Bob Barker. Already sounds like a rapper. Already sounds like an MC. Maybe today his name would be like Little Bob or Little Barker, but already sounds like a rapper. His sidekick, his PA announcer, his hype man, if you will, his Flav of Flav. His name was actually Rod Roddy. You tell me Bob Barker and Rod Roddy don't sound like they're about to drop the hottest mixtape of 2017? Of course they do. Rod Roddy would wear like those green glitter jackets. Remember, he'd shine like a disco ball and then he'd get on the mic and go, the next contestant on The Price is Right is, come on down, whoever it was. That's Flav of Flav. That's the Rod Roddy version of saying, yeah, boy. Price is Right was hip hop as fuck. And then they'd call the people down to that front row, wherever it is, where then they'd have to start guessing on products to be able to get themselves on the actual game show. Think about the hooting and hollering that happens. Think about the hands in the air. Think about the clapping that goes on to strangers. It's like a Def Jam comedy show. You ever see like where they pan to the crowd after Bernie Mac and these people are freaking out and stopping their hands? That's that front row of Price is Right right there. See, the Price is Right in Bob Barker was hip hop as fuck. And then you get up to that wheel. What is that wheel that they spin if it's not blinged out? You got it bedazzled. It's got music that goes with it and everything. And then at the end, at the end of the show, what do you have? You have the showcase showdown. And what do you win on the showcase showdown? Stereo systems, cars, boats, motorcycles, trips to Aruba. You even, they even have like RVs, which what is that? If not a tour bus for your family, see the price is right. Was hip hop as fuck. It was hip hop before there was hip hop. And then Barker had his Barker's beauties. You just put that nice little cherry on top. That's pimp game strong right there. If he made it today, it would be Snoop Dogg hosting or Nick Cannon or Ludacris or some washed up rapper. It'd be on World Star Hip Hop, but you could see it already. It would just be like the music video girls and it'd be Snoop Dogg's bitches. And they'd be giving out cars at the end and people be freaking out. They'd be moving like this. The Price is Right and Bob Barker was ahead of its time. Ahead of its time, people. But we'll see if his name ever gets leaked. But... Think about how hip-hop The Price is Right really was. And I mentioned to it that I had a birthday last week. When you do what I do, meaning that I talk so much shit on these premature Christmas decorators and birthday month people and birthday week people and everything, I've, I've already been putting this in practice for my other 31 trips around the sun, but I don't make a big deal of it. You don't see me with any self-serving post to myself. I just stay in my lane. I keep quiet. But one thing about birthdays is birthdays I don't like. I'm about to sound like an asshole. Big surprise here. A lot of you do enjoy birthdays. I enjoy celebrating other people's birthdays. 
I like doing things for my friends. Two years ago, me and Matt went skydiving for his birthday. Me and Blaine went out to go see a Royal, uh, to a Royal Seco and saw Mumford and Sons and everything. I like doing shit for my friends on their birthday, but I don't like things being done for me. And I've mentioned before about the anxiety I get from notifications on my phone, whether it's text messages or social media notifications. And I've done a good job of purging myself of all notifications now where the only thing I have is texts and calls off. Obviously I don't get Facebook notifications. I don't get Instagram notifications. I have to actually go into said app to see the notifications. I wanted to avoid it so bad. I was thinking about just going out to Joshua tree and doing like some hiking and camping for two days just so I wouldn't have to deal with it. And you're saying Grayson, People are sending you nice messages. They're saying happy birthday. I understand. It's not that I'm ungrateful for these messages. I enjoy receiving them. It makes me feel good. What I don't like is having to respond to every single message. It's my birthday. It's my day. Maybe I'm out doing something where I don't really want to talk to anybody at the time. But you are an asshole if you don't send a thanks, if you don't like a post on Facebook, if you don't call someone back. Does that make me a dick? Does anybody else feel this way? Or is it just me? And when I said I was going to go camping, but then what gave me anxiety was knowing that I was going to come back to cell service, phone would turn on, and then all of the messages would come in at once. Like I said, I enjoy receiving them. I just don't want to be I just don't want to be beholden to having to send them back. I think I got back to most of them. I was responding on Facebook trying to send a different comment to each person cuz you don't want to just be copy and pasting comments in there to each of them, you know? I think I got about halfway through, maybe 3 quarters and I went, "Ah, I'm done." I'm done. We were about to go out and get some beer. So I just thought, all right, well, I made it this far. And I had the best intentions. I thought tomorrow I'll get back to all these. I'll say my thanks. I'll, I'll do the obligatory. Hey, thanks everybody for your the birthday messages post on Facebook. But like I said, I procrastinate. So that next day turned into day two. And then day two turned into day three. And then day three, I just, I'm like that throwing your papers in the air moment. I'm not saying any more thanks. It's it's crossed that line of decency. So if I'm already going to be considered a dick, I'm just going to dig my heels in and you can call me a dick. It is what it is, people. But maybe you guys are better at this than me. But I'm not one for the pageantry of Christmas. I'm not a big one for birthdays. Birthdays are just weird to me. You have to have a little bit of a narcissism gene in you to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast by myself and people are going to listen. I get it. But I don't like being the center of attention. Like at least this time around, I didn't work in like like a corporate environment because nothing's worse than like the fake office birthdays. People that you don't hang out with outside of work sending you birthday cards that they all wrote together. You have to eat a cake and ugh. I don't mind celebrating with my friends, but the, the office birthday, it's just so awkward and so fake and I can't handle it. It's like getting, it's like going to Fridays and getting the happy birthday song sung to you there. You know what happens, people? If you've ever worked in a restaurant where you have to sing happy birthday, wait until all those servers turn around because they have these fake smiles and happy, happy birthday. And then as soon as it's over, they turn around, they scold and they walk away as they just died a little bit on the inside. Every time a server has to sing one of those stupid damn songs at a restaurant, they lose a month of their life. I haven't tested the science on it, but I just know from my experience of being in that situation, that's generally what happens. I would always get out of having to sing that damn song to people. I'd be like, I don't want to ruin your birthday by singing a song. So like, here you go. Uh, I don't mind like putting a candle on there or something, but I'm not going to sing you a song because just like, I don't like people being put in that situation. I don't want to have to do that to somebody because look, if you're a stranger and you're coming into my restaurant and I was serving at the time, I don't give a fuck if it's your birthday. You know what? As soon as you leave, I'm going to go back to living my life. So the, birthdays there's just this little added pressure and i just like kind of keeping my head down doing what i want to do and not having to worry about just doing what i want to do you get one day 
It's one trip around the sun. You made it. I never thought I'd make it to 32 years old. I thought I'd be dead by the time I was 25. So the fact that I'm still around and alive and kicking is absolutely beyond me. Some of my friends didn't make it through their 20s, and I'm very happy that I did. But my dad had told me one time, I don't even know if he remembers saying this, that he never wanted to relive his 20s ever again and like how tough it was. And he's... Uh, or he told me, I think at the time when I was probably 20 or 21, so you're going, you're crazy. This is about to be the best time of my life. I've moved out. I have a little bit of self-responsibility. I can drink. There's girls around. I was living in San Diego at the time, so I was living in La Jolla, so I had all these roommates that went to UCSD. My best friends all went to SDSU, and life was good. But now that I'm in my 30s, I look back and go, you are 100% correct. I never want to have to go through or relive my 20s ever again. Maybe you were someone that just your 20s were fantastic. You had it all figured out. You went to school. You got a degree. You settled down and got married. And life is exactly the way you planned. Wasn't that way for me. Wasn't that way for me. My 20s were filled with anxiety, depression, despair, not knowing who I am. You're always like trying to get ahead. Like birthdays are one of those things where you're looking to the future while you're also like judging the past, or at least I do. So like every year in my twenties, the next birthday would come and go, I should probably be further ahead than I am. Ah, maybe this is the year I'll get further ahead. Ah, maybe I'll buckle down and start doing these things. Or as soon as you would think your life start going in the right direction, then life has a good way of kicking the chair out from under you. So the 20s were not my best years. It was a lot of confusion. I mean, I remember when I was going to junior college at the time, like I said, all my roommates were uh, pre-med at UCSD, um, Scott, Shadar, and Kevin, also known as Pedram. But they like all had their lives figured out. They were going to be doctors. They knew what they were working towards. I never knew, or I always knew that I didn't want to go to school, but it was a thing you were supposed to do. It was the thing your parents pushed you into especially when I graduated high school in 04, the internet wasn't what it was today. You couldn't really create the same, uh, you couldn't like create a business out of thin air. You know, you, you needed some foundation and something. And there was one semester I'd, I'd stopped going to classes and then finally eventually got kicked out of a junior college because I stopped going to classes. And I thought my life's over, my life's over. What I'm just going to be digging ditches. What, and why do your parents always say that? Is there actually someone out there that just digs ditches? Like, why is that always their go-to? My dad always say, just take an underwater basket weaving class. Like, is that a thing? You'd always just, just get classes, Grayson, just get classes. But I'd always eventually, or I'd always start a semester, like I said, hopeful that I would get it done. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, I'd take off one class. And then once you take off one class, it becomes easier to take off that second class. Then once you take off that second class, that anxiety starts building in and go, ah, what am I going to tell a teacher after the third one? So then you just choose not to go to that class ever again. Next thing you know, you failed. That's the way junior college went for me. I went to, I think, five separate junior colleges. I went to, I started at Palomar. I started off pretty good. I think my first semester or two went good. Then from there, I moved down to La Jolla and was going to Mesa. And that went awful. Just the first time ever living on my own. People are around. I can do whatever I want. And I'd rather work than go to school. And then from there, I moved to Lowell and took a semester out there. That obviously didn't go well. And then I came back and tried to take like a night class at MSJC. And that final time, I just went, dude, you know how this ends. You're going to try and go to a couple classes, and then it's just not going to happen. But there was so much pressure when I was young, and especially when I had gotten kicked out for that semester for not attending classes. It was just like, I have fucked my entire life up. I'm going to become nothing I don't know what to do. All my friends are so much further ahead than me. Why didn't I just continue going to my classes? And moments just feel so big in your 20s where now you kind of look at it in hindsight and like, you're going to be fine. Don't fuck your life up like any more than you have right now, but you're going to be fine without the school. Or like if you had the friend, like I know I had a few that didn't graduate within like four years. It took them five or five and a half for whatever reason. Colleges are busy and whether they failed a couple of classes or just took longer to get them. But even then they felt the pressure against their friends that were out in four years. Like, oh, I'm a year behind already. What am I going to do? How am I going to be able to get through this? And that's what your 20s are like, where these moments that aren't that awful feel like they carry their weight in gold it's it's super tough so now 
getting through that time, making a ton of mistakes. I'm excited about my 30s. They say now 31's a new 21, 41's a new 31, but I'll tell you what, when I was 22 and I looked at 32 year olds, I didn't think I would look like this. Meaning I'd, you have in your mind, I mean, I, I think I thought in 30s, then it becomes the khaki pants, the polo shirts, and you just become like that guy named Kip. You know, that, that's like the 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 uh, person I had in my mind of what I would look like in my 30s. But I'll tell you what, and I thought like I knew how I'd feel in my 30s. I feel spry. I feel good. I feel like I truly do feel it's cliche as fuck. And you only say it because now you're 32, but 32 is a new 22. I'm not mad at this at all right now and that is coming from a guy that just quit a job that has no money coming in here in a few months and might be in deep shit but you know what at least i know who i am now i'm doing something i enjoy and i would never trade 22 year old grayson for 32 year old grayson 32 year old grayson yes i'm speaking in third person now just feels like it's it's not as daunting of a task you know that when problems come up, you know how to get out of them. You know, if anything arises, like you kind of know how to stick and move. If something bad happens to your friend, you know how to help them talk them out of it. And I'm starting to like being in my 30s way over my 20s. But you would have never been able to convince me of that at 22. I would have thought 32, your life's over. Start playing shuffleboard. Get some of those Sperry's on your feet. You know, those stupid little boat shoes and enjoy the latter years of your life. It's like putting a cow out to pasture, like you're, you're, you're just done. But I'm so far, I'm only a few days in, and 32 doesn't feel all that bad. Life is good. So I finally got through this podcast. Third time's the charm. I'm pretty impressed. There was something, I was, there was a couple other things I was really wanting to get into, but we've already made it 50 minutes, so I'll just wait and hold those off for next week. I have an idea for a podcast that I'm going to try here pretty soon. It's going to be a little bit different than some of the others. Um, there's also this guy that directed this movie called Culture High. I'm going to be reaching out to him uh, to try and get him on the podcast. We've had some back and forth, so we'll see how that goes. But like I said, I'll be heading out to Texas in the morning. I told you guys about Fort Worth. I'm going to be heading there, I believe, Wednesday night to go do a little bit of drinking with the family. So if you see me on that bowl that I talked about, you will know things have gone off the rails. I didn't stick to just my Coors Light diet. That Jack has been poured down my throat and Grayson's going to be hung over the next day. That's for damn sure. So this is episode 15 of the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for checking it out. If you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at Grayson underscore Gregory. You can follow me on Twitter at Grayson underscore Gregory. Like the page on Facebook at facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod. And hopefully the podcast will be up tomorrow on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you next week. Peace.